Hey friends, Rich here from Unseminary. I know that you're thinking about growing your church. You're thinking about how do you reach more people. And you know what's key, critical to that? It's the finding and releasing of volunteers. And not just volunteers, really those leaders within your church. It can be especially hard in this season. And so that's why I want you to check out our friends over at 5-2. They have created a guide that will lead you through five surprisingly easy steps to create a church that's blessing the community and releasing new volunteers. Listen, you do not have to do this all yourself. In this guide, in this guide, 5-2 walks you through a proven process to find the right group of leaders who will help you carry the load and bring the growth to your ministry. You will be relieved. People will be helped. Your church will grow. What I want you to do is go right now over to 52.com. That's F-I-V-E-T-W-O.com forward slash leaders. That's 52.com forward slash leaders for a step-by-step proven process that will get the right leaders on board with you to help you push the mission forward. It's surprisingly easy, these five steps, to really motivate your people. Again, that's 52.com forward slash leaders. Stop wondering how to grow your church and feel like you have to do it all yourself. Find and mobilize and release your leaders in as little as five weeks. Again, go to five lead, five leaders, five com forward slash leaders. All right, enough of my fumbling. We've got a great guest on the episode today who doesn't fumble their words. Let's jump into today's episode. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, You're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. My name's Rich, your host. And this week we have a repeat guest, which I'm super excited about. And when when you know it's a repeat guest... You know that there's going to be good things coming because there's always more to say. So I'm excited to have Rachel Long with us. She's from Emmanuel Church, a church that started in 1977. There are six or seven, depending on how we count it and when this comes out, locations <laughs> plus online. They're one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Rachel is the executive pastor and oversees multi-site, all kinds of things, multi-site strategy, campus leadership. I also think you oversee family ministry, HR, finance, mm-hmm. counseling, outreach, basically everything. <laughs> Rachel, uh, welcome to the show. So glad you're here today. Oh, I am thrilled to be back here with you today. Uh, You have such a great podcast. It's so helpful. And before we get started, I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much for the work you're doing with Irresistible Teams. Four of my Mm. uh, employees are going through that. They just started that process. So such a great blessing for churches. And so just thank you for doing that and putting that together for them. No, I'm so so honored to have them. That's a that's a cohort we run. I run it with my good friend Christine Kreischer, and it's it's fun. It's great to do. It's a good, you know, hopefully helpful. And um, yeah. so it's uh, that's that's really good. So why don't you fill out the picture a little bit? Give us the kind of bring us up to speed on where things are at with Emmanuel and how you know kind of what's been happening on that front. Yeah. So um, Emmanuel Church is non denominational. We do have our roots in uh, we were Baptists to begin with, mm-hmm. and then that changed around 2005. And in 2013, we launched our very first multi-site. And it was about 25 minutes from our broadcast campus. And since then, um, we've been steadily launching multi-sites 
uh, almost every two years. And we just mm -hmm. launched our, well, we're getting ready to, we're in soft launch right now. So uh, <laughs> February 6th um, will be when we launch our um, sixth campus. So uh, very exciting time. Um, we have, it, but this is what's really cool too. It's our second church adoption, which is a Amazing. whole new thing that we've done mm -hmm. over the, um, from 2019 till Till now and so and it's our first campus that's an hour away from our broadcast campus Amazing. so the challenges there have been different but wow such a great group of people and um, we are really really enjoying that and Emmanuel exists to see people come to Christ and grow in Christ that's our vision and our mission and it's led by our senior pastor Danny Anderson who mm -hmm. has led the church uh, for just over 20 years now um, he's mm -hmm. only the second senior pastor that our organization has ever had and just he keeps the vision in front of us and it has been incredible to watch the staff move through um, COVID shutdowns and uh, only a few months of that and all the campuses to uh, remain open and wow it's just been incredible to watch this team move through that but right now Emmanuel's looking for its next church adoption too so uh, mm -hmm. I am over expansion but I have really really great teams under me in each of those and so our multi-site expansion team has uh, three areas that we're looking at now and it'll be our first one that's an hour and a half away from our broadcast team Love it. So stretching out stretching out and growing but yeah that's just a little snapshot of Emmanuel. that's so good i'm excited about the church adoption the fact that this is your second one and that you're looking for yeah. more that's just such a great thing you know we we're seeing a kind of across the country one in three new campuses uh is coming because of adoption so not sure. surprising at all that uh yeah. that, you know you guys are right on pace for that which is uh which is amazing so that's uh that's exciting so when you think about, you know, changes maybe that have been happening at Emmanuel, you think of kind of, you know, maybe stuff that has, that's looking a little bit different that you've been able mm -hmm. to kind of see some changes in the last year or so, two years, mm -hmm. what would be some of those things that would bubble to mind? What would kind of come, come to the fore as you think about that? Yeah, they have been some painful changes. We were not exempt from the great resignation that's going mm -hmm. on now where, mm -hmm. um, everything from corporate organizations to church organizations, seeing around 20% of their staff mm -hmm. uh, resign or go look for uh, new positions or jobs and, and take mm -hmm. advantage of some things that are available to them. Not all bad, but I mean, we've gone through a little bit, uh, a lot of bit of pain and stretch mm -hmm. in that area. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. You know, our senior pastor was just talking to me the other day about how um, the pain that we're, dealing with right now with this is what grows us into the leaders of the next level. And it helps us mm -hmm. to move forward in, in our own leadership skills. And there's been a lot of honing. I don't know if your listeners have felt that, mm. but um, in every executive pastor cohort I'm in or group, mm -hmm. they have been like, wow, we are having to really hone our leadership skills and grow in that way. And so I would say that we've had a little bit of pain with staff, but the other thing that has happened is, um, wow, we're still seeing people come to Christ and we wow. are seeing um, our campuses start to grow and mm -hmm. our online campus is still thriving as it was um, just a year ago when I was here. But 
also um, you've seen it change into some really uh, deeper relationships from the online mm-hmm. campus than we've ever experienced before. And then people steadily coming back to our brick and mortar campuses, um, of course, when it's safe and of course with uh, practices that adhere to CDC, but really starting to come back and uh, mm-hmm. re-embrace their faith and find church was really missing in their life and finding their mm-hmm. spot back in their church homes. Um, we've still got a long way to go and mm-hmm. um, it'll take a while, I'm sure, but that's <laughs> kind of what we've seen over the past year. Um, so not all positive, but always growing. Yeah. I love it. Now, one of the things I think many of our churches are facing in this season is um some of this is like, uh, we were joking beforehand. I don't know what phase we're in with COVID. Are we post-COVID, intra-COVID? <laughs> right, 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 right. I, who knows? But whatever we find right. ourselves in, we're in this kind of COVID-impacted time is, you know, we, we always need to, in, regardless of the season, we're always looking to try to build engagement with our people. We're always trying to say, how do, we, how do we help our people be more engaged? Um, but it feels like that's even more urgent in these seasons, kind of how do we move people from being consumers to being contributors to, to being fully plugged in? Um, what right. does that look like for Emmanuel? What, what, as you've been kind of wrestling with that process uh, mm-hmm. in this season, any changes on that front or things that you've been working through that might be helpful for us to, to wrestle through with, uh, with our listeners today? Yeah, you know, it was even pre-COVID that we looked Mm -hmm. around our organization and we started to see that somehow the slow fade had happened where we have moved um, from in our serving culture, in our volunteerism, we call Mm -hmm. them our impact team at at Emmanuel. We saw, this this was probably around um, the beginning of 2019, no, the end of 2018, that we Mm -hmm. saw like, wow, the the culture here has really shifted to consumer in Mm -hmm. our congregation. Like what can the church do for me or do Mm -hmm. for my organization? But with anything else, when we look, when we saw the symptom, which was the consumerism in our um, congregation, we had to look at our staff and in our staff, we saw uh, this siloed feeling, this siloed, um, this is my volunteer. This is my mm. uh, person. And what was hard about that when we saw it was we realized that it ha- we had slowly faded completely off vision. And what I mean mm. by that is Emmanuel's vision is to see people come to Christ and grow in Christ. And we had started using language that was, uh, we're going to fill this spot. So I have four children's ministry spots to fill on Sunday instead of looking at our people and thinking through, okay, what is the opportunity to serve that we could give them so they could grow in Christ and really like focusing on that second half of our vision through serving. And when we saw that, man, that was a little bit uh, unnerving because it was coming straight from our staff. And and if I'm being honest, it was coming straight from me. Like you can't ask them to serve in children's ministry. They're in the high school ministry and back off. That's that person's volunteer and let's don't poach. And whoa, 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 whoa. We began to think about like running a Sunday morning or a Saturday evening, any of our weekend environments instead of 
is what I'm offering, is what we're looking at, really helping someone grow in Christ and fulfill the second half of Emmanuel's vision. And once we started to get our mind around that, that's when we started to see a shift. And thank goodness that we did that then because that infrastructure has what served us to be um, up year over year in our impact team members. At this time last year in 2021, we were at uh, 1590 for our impact team members. Mm -hmm. And as of um, this week, so we check on Mondays, uh, we were Mm -hmm. at 1834. So we're still continuing to grow um, Mm -hmm. our impact team. Um, but it's because of that infrastructure uh, that we built back a little bit. But I don't ever think it's too late. That's just what mm-hmm. we've seen. Love it. So how did you push some of that change through? So from a change management point of view, I love that you identified it and then you started to make some adjustments. Were there yeah. a few kind of strategic levers there that helped mm-hmm. you know make that shift for your people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do what we usually do, which uh, I know is a church protocol to look around. What are the churches at the next level than you? What are mm-hmm. they doing? All right. And so we looked at Church of the Highlands and we mm-hmm. went and visited, our teams visited, and we tried to adopt their growth track without mm-hmm. adapting it for a manual. Mm. And that really uh, fell flat. And it's just kind of funny because if you listen to the first <laughs> time I was on decentralization, you know that we wrecked that train first and then we did it better. But yeah. the There's a train, pattern here. There's a pattern. Yes. Yes. Thank God we're allowed to fail forward. And yes. Uh, but yes. We, so we tried to put growth track in exactly as they did it. And it, it, it didn't fit. Like we were putting on a shoe that was mm. in, and rightfully so, because, you know, at that time, we're like a 5,000 person church at that time. And we were looking at a 30,000 person churches, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and trying to step into that. So what we did was very similar to the decentralization, pulled back and got buy-in. And so we mm-hmm. gathered some people from each of our teams, um, some people who are really good at recruiting and training volunteers. And we asked them, like, what? areas did you see things that kind of fell apart with growth track and what can we mm-hmm. do better mm-hmm. kind of a look forward look back and when we did that um leah torson who is still headed over all of our impact team um information and she's an excellent resource for anyone that would want to get more information about this she um and i worked to build um, a systematic way i you know, Mm -hmm. a system. And once you can build that system and work that system, um, that would fit a manual. And so what we landed on were six pillars of Mm -hmm. what a healthy impact team would look like with the main goal, seeing people um, that have come to Christ, then grow in Christ. So vision centered, but yet Mm -hmm. systematic so that anyone in the organization could resource it and use it and put it within their ministry love and it. feel supported in it and not yes. siloed as a staff member. Yeah, I love that. So just, I want to get to what the six are, but before we get there, um, I love just, the, I just want to underline for our listeners that 
you know, this, this is a best practice looking at other churches, growing from other churches, but too many times we just do the copy and paste and we don't do the step back Mm -hmm. and learn, Hey, how do we adapt this to us? Like, how do we, you know, and I just love that you're, you know, you're just being real honest about that and saying, Hey, we've got to figure out how this fits in our, our context. And I, and so if I understand the pillars correctly, you would say, and, and correct me if this, if I'm wrong, it's like each one of these six, you would say, service teams need to have each one of these six pieces. It's kind of like we need to work on all of these to ensure that it's the best experience to fulfill the vision of the church. Like this is kind of like best practice for you in those areas. Is that the best way to think of these pillars? Yeah. Yeah. That is what worked. This, these are the six that we saw yep. were work would not, that we weren't doing right now. And that's what okay. worked for Emmanuel. And We've done this for, um, you know, almost three years now. And so Mm -hmm. there was lots of continuous improvement. And I'm happy to point out like, oh, this didn't work or it worked for that season. (laughs) But we had to tweak it in year two because it was exhausting the staff. So you know how sometimes you go grand and you need to hone in small as you get Yeah, totally, totally. Hey, back up. Let's do this one thing. So why don't we do this? Give us an overview of all six. Just kind of run through all of them and then we'll dive in on maybe a couple of them that that were like the highest leverage change or ones that kind of jump to the, you know, the four, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the first one was systematic staff and volunteer training. So we -hmm. didn't have a solid onboarding for when we had new staff members to infuse them with the culture of um, servitude that we had within Mm -hmm. Emmanuel. And so then as new staff members come, it would get lost. So we implemented lunch and learns with that. We have impact Mm -hmm. vision nights. And also um, we had all of the staff, we challenged them if it is a position that is worthy of being an opportunity for people to grow in Christ by serving in that position, it needs a one-page job description. Mm-hmm. And so the staff, that's, that's that was a key factor in um, the in training and systematic training. We also have a, another the other pillar. Another pillar is appreciation. So regular thank yous and um, infusing appreciation into team nights and really pushing through on adding like a favorite thing to their uh, their volunteer information sheet. We also implemented mm-hmm. uh, impact week, which is kind of a cool thing where everybody comes together and serves in one week together. So being mm. one church with multiple locations. Um, and I can elaborate on that. It's a pretty detailed process, but it is going out into the community as an impact team and um, serving. Team nights was when we started it, it was once a month. Now it's every other month. That was one of the tweets <laughs> where we gather yeah. together and we're a video venue church. So this happens mm-hmm. to be where the campus pastor gets to preach to his uh, or her campus and really mm-hmm. infuse the vision of serving there. Um, mm-hmm. And that's on our impact team nights, volunteer onboarding and data. This is maybe not the sassy side of it, but this is the side where we made sure that our data was correct because good data matters. And then yep. vision and branding, um, making sure that we have t-shirts and we have um, all of the things that make a team a team. And mm. that that's across all of the different um, serving. So instead of children's ministry wearing one shirt and uh, you know, the only, the only, uh, 
what do I want to say, like uh, exception that we made was mm -hmm. uh, because we didn't want our production people to have bright red shirts on stage. They have black <laughs> shirts. But everybody yes. has the same impact team same logo. Shirt. And yeah. so the vision and branding, making sure we're using the same words, stop saying filling spots, start saying serving opportunities. Um, those were the six pillars. Those, mm -hmm. That's just a quick run through. Yeah, them. no, that's yeah. so good. So good. Okay. So it, it, were there a couple of those that were either real, maybe sticking points like, ooh, you know, this this wasn't going well. And by kind of your focus on it, you were able to turn it around or is were there high leverage like, ooh, we saw real positive change because of the focus in in those areas. Yeah, I'm going to start with appreciation. I yep. know people say thank you and they write thank you notes, but here's mm -hmm. how we got a little more detailed into this one. We started with systematic thank you note writing. So I, mm. we use the system called rock for all of our data management. Yep. And in that you can very simply just add that you've written a thank you note, but we became very, very focused on everyone filling out. Like if you mm -hmm. sent a thank you note or you did a text or you called, it might seem laborious to take two seconds to fill it out in rock, but it helped the whole organization. So making mm -hmm. sure, and, and then talking through with people, what does a great thank you note look like, which I know sounds tedious, but not no, just, Hey, you did a great job and signing it children's ministry staff, but like, I loved it when you, you helped this mm -hmm. family do, come to Christ by doing this. This dad came to Christ while you were in the nursery serving. Mm -hmm. So being super detailed about that. And then another thing is we put some serious cash toward our annual impact team party where we pull every mm -hmm. single impact team member, 1500 descend upon this time. Love it was it. our broadcast campus and we celebrate them. It's themed out. It's, uh, there's a gift for each of them. We really put some serious um, focus and money into that. And what it did was the people who are at our Seymour campus, which is a solid hour and 10 minutes away from our Garfield Park campus, mm. could now see all of the people that are um, serving together. And it really bonded that one church and made them feel like they were really part of something. And mm -hmm. then we started doing anniversaries. That's our latest thing that we're doing for appreciation. Oh, that's cool. Serving anniversaries and really highlighting that person. Um, oh, that's cool. And it is at their campuses, but then um, making them also be something that they can wear, something that they so that they can be recognized. Oh, you've been serving for five years on the impact. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So really um, customizing and then funding our appreciation. Mm. And that was I a really that. Uh, good transition, but difficult when you're always trying to stay on budget and stay mm -hmm. under budget from the year mm -hmm. before. So that's but, one thing that we did that was important. I, I love that. I just want to underline something there. One of the things I, I've said to churches that I'm coaching in the kind of, you know, plus 2000, two to 5,000 mm -hmm. range, somewhere in there is there's a weird transition there where um, actually you have to look at those things that very small churches do instinctively and figure out how to do them at scale. And it was interesting to me that the two things you said would be easy for a church of two, three, four, five thousand 5,000 people to not do, which is handwritten mm -hmm. notes, 
How do we yeah. systematize handwritten notes at scale? And then a party to get everybody together. If you're a church of 100 people and you've got 32 volunteers, you're going to do that. That becomes yeah. a lot more complex when it's 1,500 volunteers. Uh, yeah. But you've got to do that. You've got to do that. And it's actually, that's a part of what accelerates that, all that good stuff that happens that helps you get to that next level. I love that. That's, that's fantastic. So appreciation oh. was obviously a big part of it. And just to piggyback on what you just said, when we were in lockdown and when we could mm. not gather that many people, we pivoted and did party to the people. And I just want to tell you what my staff did, our staff. This is amazing. So mm -hmm. we figured out a way to deliver their gifts and to divide it up across the 70 staff members so that we delivered gifts for a whole week. We put an impact team balloon, all the branding on their doorknob or mailbox and and brought signs. Some of our campuses dressed up and did 80s and had uh, played music as they came up. Uh, my group did cheerleaders. There were it <laughs> it was so incredible. We gave in a time when um la that was last year uh, when our uh, in 2020 when our team was discouraged because they couldn't be with so many of their impact mm -hmm. team members to get to go out to their houses, decorate their yards. And it did, it took a lot of time, a lot of finance, but it was worth it. And they called it party to the people. And I know that that and, and, and our heart touch initiative that we did mm -hmm. is why we kept so many impact team members and they were yes. ready to come back that connectivity. And so mm -hmm. I just, one, want to shout so out good. to the team and then two, just <laughs> piggyback on what you said. Yeah. And I love that. And again, this is, that's a great example of one of those. If you were a small church of a couple hundred people, you could think about doing that. Hey, we'll take a Saturday. We'll deliver stuff to people's homes to do mm -hmm. that at scale. It obviously takes a lot of time, effort and energy, but it pushes back against that notion that large churches can't do relationships well, which we all know right. is not true. Uh, but sure. it, it really pushes back against that. That's good. Was there maybe, um, one of the other six that, that stands mm -hmm. out to you as like, Ooh, that was, you know, a re really good kind of a key lever for us. Yeah, our team nights. I would say okay. this is probably the other huge um, rock that we did. When we started having, first we did team nights every month so that we could onboard, onboard, onboard. Well, uh, you if you have a large staff or a small staff, you know that the rhythm of their family, it makes it hard to have a team night every, you yep. know, once a month in addition to the services that are coming every week and small groups and added on and on and on. So we moved to every other uh, month, but super impactful because one, you're hearing from the staff that cares for you and that you see mm -hmm. every weekend mm -hmm. and of course we, and pastor Danny goes to the different campuses and mm -hmm. um, preaches and, and vision casts on the different team nights at different campuses, but usually it's their campus pastor mm -hmm. and they're pushing cool. forward um, whatever we've talked about the month before in our staff lunch and learn that's just focused mm -hmm. on impact team. And then additionally at that team night, we have what we call impact 101 and we do in-person onboarding at impact mm -hmm. 101. Now we do one-off 101s. Yes. We don't want to ever turn away somebody who's ready to grow mm -hmm. in Christ through serving, but the impact 101 where you can have a room full of people together mm -hmm. that are ready to start serving. Then they do a mm -hmm. tour of the campus. They have Love to do it. a disc assessment 
assessment so they find their best fit. And the staff is really able to infuse them with that. You are growing in Christ through serving. You're not a spot. You're not a spot. You are helping other people come to Christ. So that impact 101 and when you put the, I don't know why but when we named it 101 instead of like intro to impact that just kind of took down all the barriers and people were like yeah I can do a 101 class 101 is right, right? right. 101 yes, is fine yes. that that was yeah. common knowledge and common verbiage and so that we we consistently have impact 101 full at the at the broadcast campus and really great attendance at our other campuses too and so that's been um i would say the impact team nights and the onboarding process switching mm-hmm. pivotal pivotal to our growth and success and new new people coming onto the team I love it. Can we go one layer, just a little more detail on them? So there, you do them every other month. So somewhere around mm-hmm. six a year, mm-hmm. they're uh, there. It sounds like they're at night. So they like, and, mm-hmm. and they're, do they include like, sounds like some, there's some like teaching. Is there like a musical portion? Do they do fun stuff? Give us a little of the yeah. kind of fill out the, 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 fill in the picture a little bit. Yeah, no, that's great. So when you, uh, there's always some sort of snack or food at the mm-hmm. beginning. It's got to be, got to be. <laughs> yes, right, right. Uh, and so the whole thing is themed. So whatever the theme oh, okay, is for okay. the night. And yes. the campuses have like a basic theme, like you could say neon, but then the campuses have the autonomy to make it however their campus mm. sees fit and would work for their congregation. We have worship together. And Mm -hmm. then we have the vision casting from the campus pastor and Mm -hmm. or a panel. Sometimes they do a Mm -hmm. panel. And then after that, this is a key component I did not tell you. After that, the people who are first there for the, like, this Mm -hmm. is their first time ever at an impact team night. They'll go to 101 and start the onboarding process. All of Mm -hmm. the other uh, impact team members, then this is when we have our trainings. So Mm. they will go to their specific areas of service. And if we know we have an Easter special coming up, then Mm -hmm. whatever big day is coming, then they'll work on that big day project. Mm -hmm. Or if they, if we know that we're going to do special um, things in the children's ministry for big day, then they'll work on that. Um, But it can be whatever, whether it's the online campus or whether it's worship, you go deeper in your training than you can on a Sunday morning debrief. So Mm -hmm. they'll go out to the different areas to serve. And, and it really is, it really is, we have every campus has two services. So it mm. is where you get to see all the people that you see serve everybody. with. And yeah. you Family can reunion kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the nine o'clock worship team and musicians can learn from the eleven o'clock what, yeah. what's working for them if it's not a if it's not a campus where they have the same all the way through. So uh, it's a great time to learn from your other impact team members and see all mm-hmm. the high school ministry, small group leaders, mm-hmm. all those small group leaders um, from across the campuses. So mm-hmm. that's so what an impact team looks like. I love that. And what, what would you say on the, you know, the impact team nights is there, what's the percentage of people? I have a feeling you, you know, this, that are actually showing up to those, like, are they, you know, what is that? You're, I, you're good at numbers. So you must have some sense that it's, <laughs> yeah. it's actually generating, you know, engagement. Yeah. So we, we are hovering around like 65 to 68 okay. for That's good. their That's good. Q- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for um, several of our staff, their Q1 goal 
um, their lead measure is to get 75% of their team to the impact team night. So um, that's a goal that we have out there would be 75%. Now, you talk to Leah Torsten, who's over our impact team. <laughs> She's our centralized employee over excellence and continuity for that. 100% is her goal. But yes, I yes, would say yes. that um, you're looking at, we're striving toward 75%. Through right. conversations and reminding them, and um, but when we lowered the number that we had, like when we mm-hmm. went from twelve to six in the number of impact team nights we have, we saw the attendance start to to go, go up. up. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's great. So good. Do you have any kind of documentation on any of that that you could share with us that would be maybe helpful for uh, you know for our mm-hmm. listeners? I'm wondering if there's anything we could put in the show notes. Yeah, absolutely. I have a packet for you. Even the um, disc assessment, we do it digitally and paper. We have that. That took us a long time to build. I have that. And then um, what I prepared was just like starting in 2018 and moving through the whole process. um, Some of the foundational pieces as well as the pillars. So. Mm-hmm. Super helpful. Again, I this this is why I love having you on, Rachel. You're so helpful oh. to uh, to folks. There's so much we could talk about. Maybe we'll have to have yeah. you back. You know, to talk about impact I weeks. I think <laughs> that's a great. You know, the the idea of mobilizing yeah. mass, mobilizing people to make a difference. Again, we see this time and again with fast growing churches that this is a key part of that strategy. Yeah. You know, data is a big deal. You know, I'd love to talk about that at some point. It's just a way we care for, for sure. people at scale. Or, scale. There's so much there. Anything else you'd love to share just as we're kind of wrapping up uh, today's episode? Yeah. Yeah. Just one more thing. Um, As we moved through this and we got to where we were uh, systematically doing all of the pieces, um, when I met when Lee and I met for the next year's evaluation, one of the things we did was look at each pillar and build pillar teams. We didn't start with pillar mm-hmm. teams. We kind of um, needed to stay lean for the first couple of years of doing it. But um, the last year we have used pillar teams and it has been a blessing. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is like, if we have a, a we found five employees that are exceptional at appreciation in all the different departments and invited them in to be a part of the excellence and continuity in the impact team by uh, participating and being a pillar team member. So now Leah meets with them and they get to um, help with buy-in across the whole organization. Sure. But they're also a, a voice at the table. They have a seat at the table to talk about what is working and what isn't working. And that way we can stay super nimble with our impact team mm-hmm. because we're That's getting good. constant feedback from um, all the different departments in all the different pillars and the lift is not one person's, but you don't have to hire an entire impact team centralized for excellence and continuity because you do have one point person, but you're still getting all the information from the other, uh, from the other parts and uh, departments in your organization. Mm So good. This has been fantastic, Rachel. I appreciate you taking time to be with us today. Um, Where do we want to send people online if they want to track with Emmanuel? Where's the best place for us to send them as we wrap up the episode? Our our website is E, like Emmanuel, C, like churchlife.org. And my last name is Long. So it's Mm -hmm. rlong at eclife.org. Or if you're specifically looking for information on um, Impact Team, you can contact Leah Torreson, which would be (laughs) ltorreson at eclife.org. 
Nice. Thanks so much. I love that you're giving out her you're email welcome. address. That's fantastic. <laughs> right. She's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thanks so much for being here today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.